Hello and welcome to episode 45 of Journey to Organization. I'm Rebecca Saltzman and I'm excited to welcome you all to, did I just say that? Episode 45. <laughs> uh, so I got a ton of feedback this week. So thanks for giving me feedback. I love getting feedback. Um, okay, so a lady called me from Lakewood and said, let, I'll just dive right in here and I'll just cover all the questions that I got uh, in no particular order, just the order that they came in. Um, okay, so this lady from Lakewood calls me and said, um, she doesn't like to use her crockpot because the lining comes out and peels. Um, and I have never, ever, ever seen that in my life. Every crock pot that I've ever owned and the ones that my mother owns, um, have had a ceramic bowl, um, and they're totally fine. And I never use a plastic bag with mine and I'm not really sure what the problem is. You could use a crock pot in daily life. It's really great. A lot of my, um, group online loves the Instapot, which is like the newest, greatest, biggest thing. Um, and if you, you know, are looking into getting something new, the Instapot is great. I don't think you can use the Instapot like for Shabbos, for chillins, but investing in a good crock pot with a ceramic bowl to me is definitely worth it. I use my crock pot a lot. Um, I, mentioned to this woman in an offline conversation that I make something called vegan macaroni and cheese. And it's super easy to make. So I'm going to share with everybody how I make it. Um, basically, I boil a potato, a carrot, and an onion in a pot. And then after it's boiled, I take a little bit of water, the water that it boiled in, and blend it up with about um, a cup of cashews in the blender. And I add just sort of water as I need it from the boiling of the water because there's nutrients in that water. And I just season it with salt and pepper and a little paprika or whatever you have or you like in your macaroni and cheese. And then I boil the noodles and then I pour the sauce on top and it's so easy and we just eat it like that and it's really great and delicious. And it's so close to um, dairy mac and cheese, but it's not mac and cheese. So I actually make it in the blender. I have a Vitamix. Um, I love the Vitamix. I actually bought a refurbished model. I think I've mentioned that before. I bought a refurbished model directly from Vitamix. And there is not a kashrut problem because in the Vitamix, the carafe is completely separated from any of the mechanisms on the motor and it comes with a brand new carafe. So the only thing that's refurbished really is the motor. And it's great. And I love it. And I've had it for <laughs> I don't know, a long time, six or seven years. And I love it. And I use it almost every day. Um, okay. So then this lady caught me in, I wouldn't say it's a lie, but like what seems to be an egregious error. So I'll just say, uh, she said to me, I don't understand you do laundry daily. And then you said, sometimes you have the kids get undressed in front of the washing machine. And the truth is, is I do sometimes have them get undressed in the wash in front of the machine, especially if we've had a long day. But if I had them do that, and there's a lot of um, stuff in the washer before I wash, let's say like a load of linens or towels or something, I'll just wash that one load that's like already full or I'll add a few extra pieces of clothing from the laundry basket 
into and from the hamper i mean into the washing machine do that load and then do a second load right after that um so i mean i don't like always wash linens every day but like for example after Shabbos the first thing I'll do is all the linens from Shabbos and then I like Sunday the kids all have basketball and so they come home and they put their disgusting clothes in the washing machine and then they go upstairs and take a shower Monday morning I'll probably just wash whatever disgusting clothes were in the washing machine plus you know whatever other things I could find um and then like Tuesday, I'll run a load of sheets or something like that. So it's not always full of things that, you know, are dirty clothes. And we do have a hamper upstairs. It's just like when they come in the house, I do have them sometimes just get undressed so that the clothes are just, I could deal with them right away. Or sometimes I even run a load that night. Um, in terms of laundry dryer balls versus fabric softener, you don't have to use the dryer balls. But what I found with the dryer balls is that... Um, they help the air circulate in the dryer more and clothing just dries faster. The bonus is that it's also softer, but I use it more for the time and less for the softness. I, for the softness, put vinegar in my rinse cycle, but that also has to do with the fact that I live in Israel and the water is hard here. And so the vinegar helps um, the, the soap work better. Okay. Um, Faggy from Muncie called... She said that she's selling, she sells Shackley's. So if you guys want to buy, if you ladies want to buy Shackley's, the number is 845-356-2064. That's 845-356-2064. And um, she said she's struggling a little bit with uh organization but because she started to clean for Pesach she has a little bit more motivation and now it's really easy for her to um declutter and get organized so kolakavod and if you want to buy Shackley's definitely call Figgy if there's anybody else who sells Shackley's please feel free to leave your number and I'll broadcast it on the line okay um Rochelle from the five towns um she she called to say she was inspired by the challenge and she shared the idea with her husband and he liked it and they did it and they did an entire entry closet and they got rid of a lot of stuff. So Kola Kavod, she mentioned she made a list of every room um, and which part in her house and which part may contain chametz, including the kitchen. And she saved it on the computer and she worked it into the calendar when she would clean all this stuff. So that's actually part of my whole um Pesach workbook <laughs> so you must uh have we must be on the same um wavelength Rochelle um um and or Rachel sorry and um yes this is what I wanted to tell everybody for those of you and there are a few of you who emailed me and if you still want to you can still email me if you use the computer and I will send you my Pesach workbook you could email me at Rebecca r-e-b-e-k-a-h at balaganbegone.com and I'll email you my Pesach workbook or you could just download it directly from the front page of my website. Um, so yes, it's a great workbook because what it does and it's transferable to different Chagim um, once you get the hang of, of learning it. But basically what it does is it it takes the guesswork out of doing things from year to year. So in your notebooks, I I want you all to... Um, the notebooks that I asked you all to buy for those of you that don't want to, um, download the, uh, spreadsheets. Um, 
I, I want you all to first go through this week. I want you to focus on what you have and what you might need for Pesach. So I want you to start to take an inventory of the Pesach things that you have in your home and write it down, make one page and every year you'll remember what you have. I know for me, it was always like, what do I have for Pesach? I can't remember. Do I have this? Do I not have this? And then I ended up having a lot of doubles. So the first step is doing an inventory and um, that's really, really important. And also now's a good time to decide what you need. And a lot of times things um, are on sale. Like for example, I need a new um, food processor for Pesach. Um, and actually as a Pesach present, my, hum- my husband's company gave him one. So it was like Hashkacha Pratis, I guess. Um, and so that was nice, but it was like on my list and I've been watching the sales and looking for one that I liked and I ended up getting one for free. And it's not the one I wanted, but, um, um, it's fine, you know, like it, it'll do the job for, for eight, eight days. So, so for the next page of the Pesach guide, I want you to, um, make a list of all the sections in your home that you need to clean and break down like every single task in the kitchen. So, um, we do Hagala on all of our silverware because I don't have a separate set of silverware. And in Israel, they have like these huge vats at all the Beit Knesset or even in the street where you can go and do Hagalah. And um, I just keep a running list of what I I do for Hagalah. I keep a running list of what I, the, like the glass that I kosher. I keep a running list of things that I can't kosher and need to make sure are covered really well, like counters or the stovetop or whatever. And, and just break down each section of the cleaning and then what I want you to do is work backwards from Pesach so whenever the I think Pesach is Friday Friday night I can't remember the date offhand so um whatever the last day of Pesach is or whenever you need to have Pesach ready for in fact it's my goal this year to have Pesach ready a week before so I could go on vacation with my family I'm hoping so I'll set it up so that I could do it a week before I don't know if I'm actually going to do that but that's my goal because the kids are off from school so to set everything up work backwards from when you need to have it set up maybe you're not going to be there for the Sadarim so you and you'll be going away like two days before Yantiv that's fine whenever you need to have it set up, work backwards from that date and decide like, here's what needs to come at the very end. Those things, you know, go last on the calendar. What are the things you have to do closest to the Chag? Maybe it's cover your counter or I don't know. Like for me, one of the things I do earlier in schedule at the beginning is I already start to turn over one cabinet in my kitchen. I clean it out and move all the stuff from one pantry to the other pantry because um, I start to buy Pesach goods when I start to see them on sale. Now that's the other page that you're going to want to do after you set up all the tasks and align them on the calendars. You're going to want to keep a running list of everything that you buy from that year. And you can record the prices if you want, but definitely record the quantities because what happens is, is people have a tendency to overbuy from year to year and, um, it's chaval because then we end up wasting a lot of food. Now, some people like to buy extra Pesach type foods because, um, especially people who are gluten-free, because it's a great time to get 
gluten-free foods, um, you know, like gluten-free cake mixes or something, let's say, because all those cake mixes are gluten-free because they have, or not always gluten-free, but usually gluten-free because well, they are definitely for sure 100% gluten-free, even though they might not be like registered gluten-free. Um, they're okay for people who don't eat gluten because they have no chametz in them. So, um, a lot of people like to buy those and stock up on those, and that's fine, but do keep a running list. So, for example, um, Pesach time is when garlic comes into season, uh, fresh garlic comes into season in Israel, and if you don't buy enough of the fresh garlic, then you're stuck eating the garlic that comes from China all year long, and I don't like that garlic. It doesn't taste as good, and it's really, I don't know, I'm concerned about the health of it. So, what I do is I buy... 70 heads of garlic and I tie them up on my balcony and they dry out and then I cut them out when they're dry and I have them for all year long and it's great and they just sit there on the balcony and they're ready whenever I need it and I never have to buy garlic I buy it once a year and it costs me like I don't know 150 shekels for the year but then I don't buy it like all year round but that's just something I know I buy 70 of at Pesach there are other things that I like to buy at Pesach because it's usually a lot cheaper. Um, matzah meal is good if you use it all year round. It's a good time to get it in Israel. It's really hard to get in uh, in in season. So those are the things I want you to start with doing. And then next week we'll talk about it a little bit more. Okay, so back to the questions. Let's see. We have Esty. She said... Oh... Oh, Esty, I want to tell, so Esty called me back and told me um, where her husband got inspired about the Baal Tashrit. And for those of you who want to know, uh, oh, I should have written down the DAF number, but I, I did find it. I'll, Bezrat Hashem, look up the DAF number again and, and say it to you next week. But um, that it's mitzvah, Baal Tashrit is mitzvah 529 in the Sefer HaChinuch. I went into the Sefer HaChinuch and I looked it up myself. Um, I have, I knew that the, the source was in Sefer HaChinuch, but I didn't um, ever read it inside. So it was great and I highly suggest it. And, um, you know, I went to Yeshiva High School <laughs> and it's been a long time since I learned anything inside. So thanks for, tell your husband, Esty, thank you for inspiring me to look inside again. Um, it's really worth it. Basically, the mitzvah of Baal Tashrit, it talks about cutting down a fruit tree and how you're not supposed to cut down a fruit tree in times of war as like any sort of uh, grievance towards the other side because it bears fruit and it's a resource and you can't damage it. And then there's this whole other set of agricultural laws that go along with that, like you're not allowed to cut down trees in general in, in, the, in Israel and, and other places and in war and all these other things about cutting down trees. But um, it goes on to say that we should value everything, um, even the smallest little mustard seed. And the point of doing this is that Hashem wants us to value everything so that we start to value in addition to things, people and Hashem and mitzvot. So um, thank you, Esty, for reminding me it's okay to look inside. I love looking at sources from from the original. So thanks. Um, and I just want to say on a side note, I actually have, we don't have a ton of Sfarim in our house because we don't, we don't need them. I mean, we have like Machzorim, we have Sidurim, we have a couple, 
we have two sets of chumashim, we have a Tanakh, we have um, a, set of, a set of Shas, we have a set of Mishnayot, I th- we have the Sefer Echunoch, and I think we have the Rambam. And like, it, we don't have a lot. I have a few other like miscellaneous um, books about topics that interest me, and that's it. A lot of times I'll come across the Sefer, if I read it, like, I'll read it, and then I'm like, okay, either I learned from this or I didn't, but, like, I'm totally into passing them on when I'm done with them, and I just don't see the value in collecting things that I don't, I won't use again. Um, a lot of books I have, just Stom books, not Sfarim even, are books that I keep as sort of a reference. I never keep a book that I have no intention of reading again. I read a lot. I read... I used to read about a book a week. Now I read about two books a month, um, which I feel like is still a pretty good ratio. I really love to read and I do totally read a lot. Um, But I very, very rarely read a book twice because I just, I would rather read something new. So when you're attacking your books, even your Svarim, it's a good idea to um, really consider if you're gonna if you're going to really use it again. And actually, um, Deanie called and told me that in Lakewood, she sold some of her Svarim to Capital Svarim and got money for them. So if you have some extra Svarim lying around and you want to make some cash, try out Capital Svarim in Lakewood. Okay, so um, a lady called me and gave a suggestion about a phone book. She said that she uses a small loose leaf with small loose leaf paper and dividers, and she gets it at the stationery store. And instead of organizing it by last name, and this is a great idea, she does it by first name. So for every Rifki that she knows, she writes Rifki under R instead of Rifki's last name, and that makes so much more sense than trying to, to remember all the different Rifki's last names. <laughs> so I think... To the initial caller who was asking about phone books, I think what you really have to do is sit down and really think about how you consider people. Like, what will trigger your memory? And it's okay to put a listing in twice. So let's say um, Miriam told you about this one doctor. You could put it under doctors, but you could also put it under Miriam. And this way you know, you'll know, and maybe you'll just make it a little side entry. Miriam X told me about Dr. Such and Such, and and you can also have a listing under a doctor for Dr. Such and Such. And so cross-referencing is totally okay. Another lady called and suggested a Rolodex. I don't even know if they still make them. You know, those big things that roll. I'm not sure how that would actually be any better in the recalling. The problem with that I understood the caller was having was not that she was having problems actually organizing it. It's just finding it once it is organized. So I really think at this point the best thing to do is to, to duplicate the, the entry until you really have a good system for remembering how to store everything. Okay, so Panina called... And she was asking about snacks without that are not chametz, snacks that are kidney oat. Um, how can I be sure that if I find something during Pesach, it's, you know, the kidney oat snack and not, not dirt or, or vice versa, or that it's not chametz? I think that most of us know the difference between dirt 
and chametz. And the thing is, is that even if you find chametz like around the house, stam, it doesn't belong to you because most of us sell our chametz anyway. So just pick it up and put it in the cabinet where you've sold all your chametz and just don't think about it anymore. It's not a big deal. I want to tell you a funny story. I don't know um, if anybody knows... Uh, if you have daughters, you probably know this. Um, Strawberry Shortcake is making a renaissance, and there's a character in Strawberry Shortcake called Blueberry Muffin. And last year, my daughter on Pesach, or two years ago, or whenever, I don't even remember when it was, it just t- totally stuck out in my mind. My daughter says to me, Mommy, I left my blue... It's on Pesach. She says, Mommy, I left my blueberry muffin upstairs. Could you go get it for me? And I'm like... <laughs> are you serious? You have a blueberry muffin? Where did you get a blueberry muffin from? What's going on? She's like, no, the doll blueberry muffin. And I was like, oh gosh, it was so like, I almost for a moment had a massive panic attack because I was so concerned that she actually had, um, and I'm like, how did you get that? Where did you get it from? I don't know. So like, it was actually like a crazy experience for me. Um, but yeah, I mean, you can ask your Rav what you what to do if you do find the chametz, but I mean, if we see it on the floor, unless it's really like discernible to us, we can, you know, assume that it's dirt. I mean, it's once it's all ground up Cheerio into the floor, anyways, it's dirt. Like, sure, a dog would eat it off the ground, but like, there's nothing you could do about it anyway. So just sweep it out and be done. Like, it is what it is. There's nothing you could do. The reason why I tell people to switch to kidney oat snacks is because it just eliminates the problem of finding shmush Cheerios all over the house. And really, if you're picking gluten-free snacks, uh, there's very little problem with chametz because people who, you know, want gluten-free cannot eat any of the, of the, wheat or spelt or oat or rye or barley, right? Um, that are chametz. So, <laughs> you know, it, it's much easier to manage um, all of the excess. Um, Panina also asks, if I have room for something, why shouldn't I keep things if they're neat and organized? And it's a great question and I've discussed it before, but the real reason is because it just isn't healthy to have so much stuff, especially stuff that we don't use. I think, um, and I've said this, I know I've said this before, when we have too much stuff, it's, it all of a sudden means that we're working for our stuff and our stuff isn't working for us. And I mean, it's just... It's crazy to me to think that over the last 50 years in the United States, home sizes have increased by three times, and yet we still seem to not have enough room to store all of our stuff, and people have storage units and full basements and full attics, and every room is full, and there's no corner in any room in most people's homes that is empty, and that, to me, is just chaval, because just because we have the space doesn't mean we need to fill it. It becomes a problem because our stuff just overtakes our life. And yes, it's true. You have the room for it, but you know, 
<laughs> seriously, you don't, you really don't need to have enough stuff to fill the space. You should just have what you need. And I really actually think that this is really a Jewish virtue as well. Um, we really should only have just what we need. So anyway, um, Miriam called and said she uses a loose leaf for a phone book. And um, Razy said, thanks. She has been accomplishing a lot. She still uses paper goods, um, but her dairy silverware was dwindling and she had a set laying around her house that someone gave her as a gift and she totaled it and she started using it. So call it Kavod. Um, she says she also shortens pants into shorts. Um, and she did it also with a hat that she had that she was able to swap out some material on a hat and redo that and re and re remake the hat. So really call a Kavod. She said though something that she knows how to sew and so she can do repairs on her clothing and but she said it's not zero waste if you have to pay somebody to do it. I don't actually think that's true. I think that zero waste is just actually not wasting our resources. So even if we have to pay somebody to do something, that doesn't mean it's not worth um, the money to get it done and that we wouldn't save more money by doing an alteration versus buying something new. So it's still zero waste because we're not using more resources, even if we still have to spend money on it. Zero waste doesn't necessarily mean zero spending. Okay, so um, <laughs> Mimi from Muncie said, and this is a great, a great um, comment. She said, she has suggestions for women who seem to have trouble in that you should keep listening because it really seeps in. She said at the beginning, she didn't even believe in zero waste. And all of a sudden, she started to use real dishes instead of paper. And she doesn't even think about using real dishes anymore. It's just like second nature to her to pull out the real dishes versus the um, d versus the, the paper dishes. And... Um, you know, she's starting to feel that way about stuff in general. So, you know, call a kavod. That's, that's really great. I'm, I'm excited for that. Um, Panina called and said, what did Panina say? She said her Pesach tip is she creates a list and she um, listed all the rooms and in each room what needs to be done. And then she checks it all off. So call a kavod, which is basically like what I said. Make a list of every place you need to clean, that you're going to vacuum the chairs, or um, I personally call an upholstery cleaner and get my my carpets and my sofa and my chairs cleaned before Yom Tov. Um, when I was growing up, my mom did this usually twice a year, before Rosh Hashanah and before Pesach. Um, I like to do it. I think it's like extra clean. <laughs> um, the house smells really good because, you know, carpets and the sofa, like they kind of absorb smells. So, um, you know, and I know that I have to schedule it like after Purim, but before Pesach and I schedule it early and I work backwards from what needs to get done. And um, so good for you, Panina. Um, okay. Bracha from Lakewood uses disposables, but after listening, she started to make changes and started using Pyrex instead of aluminum and she said she's cut down at least five aluminum pans a week so great job um, 
a, uh, she had a busy week last week and she asked one of her kids to use plastic, uh, a plastic paper plate or whatever. And she, the <laughs> child said to her that she prefers if they could use dishes because the food tastes better. So that's great. You're starting early with your kids. I'm so happy. Um, I'm so happy. Um, okay, another caller called and didn't leave her name. She said that... Oh, this is really important. Um, you should look at the ingredients of foods um, that, you know, you want to swap out um, as kidney oat snacks and check and see if anything has malt in it because malt is um, chametz. Uh, so be careful. It's it's barley. So um, please just check for that ingredient when you're checking to switch over snacks. Um Okay, let's see. Another lady called and said she loves decluttering. She said to me, it's a good idea to check before Pesach each room in the house because you never know where you'll find things um, and where kids will hide things at the last minute. So that's totally true. You, you should, <clears throat> excuse me, you should double check everything when you're you know, right before Yom Tov. I'm not saying, I, I hope that nobody thought that I was saying that you never do like a second pass uh, if you've cleaned the area. For sure not. You never know like what can get in there, but just do like a quick sweep and a quick, you know, it doesn't need to be such an intensive um, cleaning because you've already really done the intensive cleaning. Anything that's big, you'll notice and it will fall out. Um... Okay. She also asked me not to speak about smartphones. And so I want to just be clear. If you don't use a smartphone, that's okay. I am not um, advising anybody to go against their rub or do anything that makes them feel uncomfortable. But what I am suggesting is that sometimes we have solutions that are in front of us that are acceptable to us and that are okay for some of the group to adhere to use and the group that's listening like Baruch Hashem there's over 2,000 ladies who listen and it's amazing and I'm so grateful to each and every one of you who are listening but we're all different and we all take different advice differently so if you don't like my advice you don't have to take it it's okay I'm not insulted if you don't take it I am thinking out loud trying to find a strategy that can work for as many people as possible um, in the lady's situation who called me and and why I suggested a smartphone in the first place is because the smartphone actually has the search capacity that that lady needs so that she can trigger her brain more effectively there are kosher phones that are smartphones if you don't want to use a smartphone that's fine I am not insulted you could probably go um, and get like an old school Palm Pilot that has absolutely no chance of connecting to the internet and um, use that. That could also help. They're really hard to find unless you go on eBay, but it's not impossible to find them. Um, it's, it's possible you can find them. They usually need to be um, synchronized with the computer, but there, there are like old school digital organizers you ladies all have to do what is best for you and your family. I am simply here to 
offer suggestions and solutions. If you don't like them, you can feel free to move on. My dad always says to me, my dad's a lawyer, he says to me, free advice is worth what you pay for it. Nothing. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't think that what I'm saying to you is worth nothing. But, but what I do want you to understand is that if you don't like my advice, you could just go forward on the recording and listen to the next part of what I have to say and I won't be insulted because I won't know. And like I said, there's Baruch Hashem, 2,000 ladies listening and I can't accommodate each one of your individual needs and I don't know what each one of your individual needs or what's allowed in your individual communities and there's such a wide variety of ladies listening that I just want to be clear that I'm doing the best to accommodate every single person. So the last call I got of the day was from Miri. She, um, <clears throat> she started organizing her bedroom and she got rid of 66 items. Call a cavo. That's really great. But one thing, Mary, I just want to ask you is I hope you mentioned that you threw everything in the trash. I really hope that you recycled whatever you could and for clothing that's damaged or uh, discolored or has a hole in it and it's not repairable and it's not usable anymore, it's really great if you could recycle it rather than let it sit in the landfill for the rest of eternity. Um, just put it in a shopping bag marked rags and dump it in the Goodwill donation box or in any of the bins in... Um, like you see in a gas station that are clothing drop-offs, they will know what to do with it and they will take care of it and it will get recycled. Um, and please recycle whatever you can um, and whatever you can because the truth is, is um, I'm actually reading this really amazing book that I love called Garbology and it talks about sort of where our garbage goes and I'm like enamored by it because I think I'm a little bit obsessed with garbage um, because I'm learning a lot um, did you know that garbage is the largest export of the United States and we ship it all to China so that they can recycle it and sell it back to us as something new? So, ladies, be careful with what you're discarding. It does go to a landfill. It does end up sitting underground and can't decompose and it's really bad for the environment and it's bad for health in general um, when it's packed into the landfill like that it releases a gas called gas called methane gas which is really dangerous for people to breathe in and um, you know we haven't really worked on the way to harness the power of the gas to charge our electricity um, there it, there are some places that are working on it but for overall it's expensive and it's not highly in use so um, what I would really love, love, love is recycle as much, much, much as you can. Please, 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 please. Um, and of course, reduce your waste in the first place. So ladies, you got my first, um, part of Pesach. We'll talk more about Pesach next week. Um, and I love talking to you all and I'm excited to talk to you all every week. And, um, please keep the voicemails coming. What I want you to remember as always is... Hashem keeps me organized. Just repeat it to yourself as a mantra. Remind yourself constantly. You are organized because Hashem keeps you that way. You just say it to yourself over and over and over again. Eventually, you will believe it and it will be true. Hashem does keep you organized. You can do this. You can get organized. You can reduce your waste. You can live a better life with less. So again, as always, feel free to email me, Rebecca at balagambigan.com. That's R-E-B-E-K-A-H. Um, 
or leave me a voicemail here on the line or, um, you know, send me a carrier pigeon if that works for you. Or, you know, you could hire a skywriter. That that would also be really cool. Uh, <laughs> just joking. Don't do that. Um, that's humongous waste. <laughs> Please don't do that. So um, I wish you all an organized week. I wish you all a fantastic uh, week. And um, I hope that you know, your Pesach preparations are going smoothly, even though we still have to have Purim first. Oh, there's one other thing I wanted to tell everybody before I sign off for today. I'm so sorry. I've been meaning to say this the whole time. I'm so excited. I'm actually throwing Sheva Brachot for a friend of ours who's getting married. And we're having, um, I think, 35 people Friday night or something like that. And next Friday night. And... We're doing it as zero waste as we can. And when I told all of my guests that we were doing it that way, they were so excited. They're like, what can I, what can I lend you? So I actually have service for 28 in my dishes. And um, so I only need a few extras, but, all of my, but I don't have enough glasses. And everybody's like, oh, I'm going to bring glasses. And then one person's like, I'll bring the silverware. And another said, I'll bring the plates. And it's so great. Everybody's so excited. And like, we're going to totally have zero waste Sheva Brachot. So I'll let you know how it goes. It's totally possible. And I'm, I'm super excited for it. All right, everybody. So I'm signing off. Remember, Hashem keeps you organized. And I'm here if you need me. Bye-bye for now.